Just some podcast media. The thoughts and opinions expressed on Buried Pleasures are those of the host and the guests and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discretion. You have been warned. I came from the mud. Desert on my hands. Strong like a tree. There's roots where I stand. Oh, I've been Welcome, welcome to a, another episode of Buried Pleasures. I'm your host, it's Polly and Amazing, and tonight I've got the wonderful gentleman from 69 Whiskey Podcast to back me up on the mic. So guys, please, Matt, if you'd like to start, go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Is there a way for you to play my music? Uh, do I have to? Fine. Yes, do. Did, Did somebody, somebody say titties? Ladies and gentlemen, it is the head advocate of the Big Titty Committee. Some people call me the undercover brother, but today you can call me Motorboat and Matt Mish. Because I usually start off the show and I'm not used to following that. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the one and only the dollar store Dom, Eric motherfucking Weinstein. How y'all doing tonight? <laughs> That's the best introductions I think I've had on my show. And all the time I've been doing it. I appreciate you guys for coming on. Thanks so much. So, uh, you have been gracious enough to have me on your show a couple times. Yeah, I know. And it's really fantastic because I've heard through the grapevine that there are people that are clamoring to get on your show. So I said, sorry about your luck, bitches. I'm on there twice now. (laughs) And it's always cool to hang out with you guys on your show. So thank you for uh, joining me on this lovely episode of what I am calling sex sells with 69 whiskey podcast (laughs) i mean it's not wrong it's It's really not wrong didn't we have a discussion about this like a week or two ago on the pod eric (laughs) i feel like we just had a discussion about this yeah we literally just talked about this and a lot of different facets of it but uh, I think you've got a much more interesting approach to this than we did. I like to keep it fresh and real, but like every time I talk to you guys, we always have these wonderful conversations. And so I was thinking, what's something interesting that all of us could speak about that? I know that we all grew up with TV and TV is pretty important to a lot of people, TV and movies. And we kind of sometimes mirror our lives after that. So I want to talk tonight about what movies or TV shows made you into the lovely and talented men that you are today in relationships? Like what are the things that you can remember from childhood seeing that you kind of slide in right now till this day with the chicks that you date or uh, hang out with? So let's do it. (laughs) Eric, do you want to go first? (laughs) I mean, do we want to start with the pervert side? And no, the... let's start with the fresh-faced baby Eric when he was maybe right. 12. Or right. Whatever the first right. time you remember thinking, man, that girl makes me feel funny in my belly. <laughs> See, I'd say the number one thing that truly did develop me as an individual as far as relationships go is a book series that I've mentioned many times on our podcast. And I am so in love with this series. And this series was introduced to me by my stepmother. So 
it's something that's actually very near and dear to my heart, but it's called Anita Blake Vampire Hunter is the name of the series. And it is a book series that takes place in Chicago, Illinois. And it revolves around the life of a woman who is a animator. So in their world, pseudo necromancer. Yeah. And there's vampires, there's werewolves, there's all this other stuff, but it's this woman's life at trying to be a part of regular everyday society, but also assist with supernatural slash preternatural cases and stuff, because with her background, she ends up helping the police. So it becomes a very crime drama-esque, also romance novel kind of thing. It's fantastic. Oh my gosh. You know, it's interesting that you brought up a book. That's pretty cool because I didn't even think about books whenever I was thinking of the topic because we do talk about like everything that's out there visually. But a book is fantastic because now I think of another book that I could totally add to this list. That's awesome. Do you, other than the book, is there a program? We call them a program at my house. It's ridiculous, right? So people talk. I mean, with the the whole, for me, the whole idea of non-monogamy is what comes from this book. Uh, my stance on BDSM and the viewpoints that I have of safety and doing things correctly and understanding what you're doing and understanding it from a dominance point of view and from a submissive's point of view whenever you're doing anything sexual, that's kind of where that idea and those mindsets come from and it's honestly it's those morals that i base a lot of what 69 whiskey as a whole is uh because of lessons that i learned in this book and how old were you when you read this book i started reading this book at the age of 13 what's your stepmom's name my stepmother's name is vera Vera, way to go, Vera. That's pretty cool because a lot of moms don't give their kids that kind of stuff to read. Or She started me with the rough shit, too. <laughs> like, I swear to God, Mom, if you are listening to this podcast. Please, Vera. Um, uh, uh, some real stuff right now. Real stuff. Starting me with book seven, where they have as much messed up stuff as they do in that book. Really? What were you thinking? (laughs) At least let me start at like the beginning of the series where they don't do anything until like book four or five. (laughs) Damn. I've met his his stepmother and she's a lovely woman. I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) The fact that she had him, she was pulling out the rough shit at whatever book in the series, book seven, according to you, Eric. And and not even from the beginning. Hold on. I want you to understand because the book that she gave me is called Narcissus in Chains. Chapter three, a motherfucker is flayed alive. They are tied up in a were leopard BDSM sex club. 
and their back is complete is completely doesn't have skin anymore because the main bad guy of this book cut it off. Okay. <laughs> That's where we started. And on the next episode, we talk about childhood abuse and traumas. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Some heavy stuff to unpack on that one, Eric. So Matt. (laughs) Oh man. I don't think I can follow that up. (laughs) Did you ever have a crush on a girl in a show that you were just like, Yes. Oh, tell me, who's your first girl crush on a show? So, as far back as I can remember, when I would watch like cartoons or something along the, those lines, for whatever reason, one the one cartoon that always stood out to me when it came to like parts part of my interest in certain types of women was Totally Spies. Oh yeah. And totally the spies. one specific, totally, the one specific girl of the trio <laughs> was Clover, the blonde. So it's funny, me and Eric, it's funny I bring this up because there was a, oh man, many episodes ago, me and Eric got into it about like, he doesn't think I have a type. And I don't, no, he <laughs> thinks I have a type. He thinks I call, he's calling bullshit on me that I don't have, that I think I don't have a type. But mm. when I think about it and I swipe, on these dating apps or something or other. And I, a lot of the times I realize I swipe on blondes and it's now starting to fucking make sense <laughs> in my head as to why that is. I'm going to take, take full advantage of the fact that I'm blonde and I appreciate it. The other instance I can think of, if I may, was from a series that's very near and dear to people of my generation's heart. And that's Avatar The Last Airbender. And the relationship I'm thinking about is Aang and Katara. Now, as soon as... I'm going to have to say a couple things. The show has been out for 15 years. If you haven't seen it, that's your loss. (laughs) The show starts off with this kid who's frozen in an iceberg, and this girl saves him, and basically it's love at first sight for him. Like, he immediately has a crush on this girl and doing everything he can to impress her. Sometimes fumbling very hard. I relate to that, as I think about this, on a spiritual fucking level. Okay? Because this kid tries so fucking hard to get this girl for many episodes scattered throughout the three seasons of the show. And in the end, he finally gets the girl. Finally. And it's one of the most satisfying story arcs of for me in the entire fucking series of Avatar. That's awesome. That's almost the most fantastic thing I've ever heard. But like with all girl cartoons, like they always have the blonde, like with Powerpuff Girls, let's take for instance. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar. There's always the blonde, the redhead, and the girl with the dark hair. Right, like Charlie's Angels. In case you guys are wondering out there, I'm making noises with my fake guns. (laughs) Like I'm in Charlie's Angels. But that's true. Like, there's never been a show where there were three, like, super top dudes. Like, there's always the good looking one, the funny one, like, the smart one, whatever. But, yeah, for, I think for me, my, the very first big crush I had, there was like three. Okay. Cause that's who I am and that's what I do. <laughs> I, I go hard. My first one, absolutely, there was a show. And you may not know this because I don't know that you even, 
will have a clue at all, Matt, for sure. But there was a show Probably called BJ and the Bear, and it was Greg Evigan, and he had a monkey with him. He was a truck driver because back in those days, truck driving was big. He was smoking the Bandit days. They had trucking was a thing. CB radios were a thing. And Greg Evigan was like the hottest guy I'd ever seen in my whole entire life. He just like flannel shirts and jeans and just cute. God, so cute. But then also, because I had a sister, we were watching TV in the evenings because shows weren't on streaming 24-7 back in the day. You had your one day a week after 8 p.m. There's your shows. So my shows for sure. I had to share boyfriends because my sister, but we had to figure out whose boyfriend was who. So Chips with Ponch and John. Dude, I absolutely was so in love with Ponch that couldn't hardly stand myself. I had to have the Latino looking guy because that's, <laughs> yeah, that's how I roll. That's how I roll. I like that. That was a good one. Did you do you know what I'm talking about, Chips? You've seen the movie probably the newer movie, like Dax Shepard and I don't know what the other dude's name is. <laughs> and just so everybody else out there does my husband just punch me in the arm. <laughs> He knows what time it is. It's okay. And then also, the creme de la creme was Bo Duke. With Bo and Luke Duke. I always uh, I got the blondes. The blonde from that one and the Latino guy from the other. See, one, so. see, I have... Do I mostly end up getting blondes? Yes. Yeah. Are they my preference? Absolutely not. Right. My my preference is the goth girl, <laughs> which I know exactly where to blame that one. If anybody's ever watched Teen Titans. Oh, yeah. Raven, ah, oh, man. Raven and Jinx. Oh, Jinx. I was, you know, whenever, Matt, you brought up your cartoon, I was thinking of, you know, thank and God I then, had kids to know what you guys are talking about. And I would know, not know. They got my son to straight, so I can figure out what shows you're talking about. And then, as far as my redhead problem, I can pinpoint that to a fucking T as well. It's an awful movie. Has no right to, like, have any hold or sway over my existence as it does. But the live-action 1998 Batman movie, Batman and Robin, Oh, yeah. Oh, God, really? I'm sorry. Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy. (laughs) I do dirty things to Uma Thurman, even when she's not a redhead. But in that outfit, I'm not going to deny. (laughs) I I ain't going to hold you on that one. And then the thing that really fucking solidified it, which is which here's the one that's gonna make me sound really pervy here. It's a lovely little etchy anime named High School DXD. The main character of the show gets his powers I apologize. His powers grow with the more perverted he is. Oh I see. So the one of the first powers he develops is Exploding girls' shirts. <laughs> but the, do they just like poof? They're gone, or is it like no? A they fucking explode off of them violently. It is shraps of clothes exploding everywhere. 
girls going. Is what it is. Gotta so love many the smarty hours anime. Misspent mis youth time there. Listen, it's a very educational anime, but needless to say, the main like female lead is a redhead, and yeah, she's fucking smoking hot. And it's so like I, what I'm hearing from you guys is that you're more grounded in these fantasy play kind of chicks, right? Like the um, the goth girl, <laughs> sparkly little fairies and such. <laughs> like, <laughs> but so like that's cool. And so those that's played into how you do your show now, right? You do a show about safety and sex and BDSM and all the cool things that come along with that. So what have you found in your show that you like, have you had people reach out to you that are very appreciative of all the info that you put out? Cause I know I like to listen to your show because I learned so much. <laughs> we get some feedback every now and again, people will re reach out to me over a uh, Twitter DMS. Some of our friends in the podcasting community will say, Hey, I really love this episode or, Hey, can you elaborate on this? Or, Hey, I'm, I was confused by this, like things like that. Obviously, when I read the podcasting feedback, people will tell us whether or not what we're doing is educational. When I do read the, something along those lines, mm -hmm. it's nice to know that people appreciate the content that we're trying to put out in that realm. Cause keep in mind, we're very, we cover a lot of broad topics. But at the same time, at least in my opinion, we're a very niche show. So I kind of market the show to cater to that niche as best yeah. as I can. Right. I tell anyone and everyone, and I just wait to hear the reactions. It's my personal favorite part of doing the podcast because you either get a whole lot of, oh, that's interesting, or oh, I didn't know that, or you get what is wrong with you? You <laughs> yeah. need Jesus. I hear that a lot. A and then I direct them to episodes where I tell the preacher's daughter story. And <laughs> no, even just... better, even better. I, I show them episode 30. Episode 30, Pip Pip Cheerio, is the epitome of what our show is about, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, so my listeners out there, if you haven't heard the 69 Whiskey guys, please check out episode 30. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely check out episode 30. And please do reach out to us on social media of what you thought of that episode, because there's a lot of crazy shit that happens in that one. I love that. And you know that I really do try to encourage people who do reach out to me to continue to do that because it's so helpful. It's really easy to put out one good show out of 50 <laughs> for people, people that are interested in one certain show. But it's kind of hard to not have a direction whenever you're kind of just speaking into the mic to each other. And you have like super you have super awesome guests i've heard twice even at least <laughs> <laughs> hey that doesn't hurt to put yourself over you've been a great guest each time that oh, you come so on the sweet. show you're adorable i did get a lot of feedback about the dish soap for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so just remember don't and also don't jerk off with soap yeah don't jerk off with soap that's like the number one rule that we've learned in our conversations is don't jerk <laughs> off with soap that's the best <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so moving along, fantasy has played into your guys's your childhood thoughts and your starting your wants of women or what you think. Not I mean, like not even specifically women, whatever type of guy porn that you choose to look at or what have you, that's had a big influence on it. And it sounds like Eric's had this huge um, influence by his mom, stepmom. It's very cool. 
which I think I'm really hopeful that my kids one day will look back and be so thankful that I was as open and honest with them as I am. But I didn't ever suggest books about like, I could have done romance novels, I guess it should have been a, a thing on my radar. So maybe next time around, we'll get that. Like, I'm not a reader so much, but I read a book and I wanted to bring this up. That's why I was to wrap this section up. But I read a book when I was in high school and I believe the name of the book was Angel, but it was about a, um, it was about a vampire who steals this girl and makes him, makes her work for him, basically. And it was so, that one I can remember was just like, she was growing up as she lived with him, right? And she was getting more fit and more tan. And he looked at her in different <laughs> ways. He started to want her. And it was really explicit in that. And I wish I could, like, I hope that name was Angel. It's something to that effect. That was it. Like, whoo, this is getting smoky hot down here. <clears throat> go read it. Okay. Go read Anita. Because I, and here is what I actually prefer about Anita over literally 90% of the other romance novels that I've seen or dipped into. Anita is very much about female empowerment. The main character is not somebody who is in, she is in danger at times, but it's because the things that she is dealing with are outside of normal human limitations. Yet, in most of the books, the monsters are afraid of her. Interesting. I so, like for me, it's the reason why she's such an attractive character is because of the fact that she can hold her own. Because of the fact that even in dire situations, this is, and that's probably why I have such an affiliate. Yeah. Is that why you like dominatrix type women? No, that's why I like crazy goth girls because the crazy <laughs> goth girls are the ones that are like usually down for like military activities and doing all sorts of deranged things and oh, some of them are usually pretty good with knives it's funny you say that i have noticed a lot of quote-unquote goth girls really that are really into knife play on social media it's yeah like there's astounding. a reason for that what is that reason what is that reason well a majority of them so a majority of people are very much into the edge play essentially which is you're on the verge of something, whether it's edging to ejaculation, edging to sensation, or edging to pain. In this sense, it's the edge of a blade that could, in theory, cut you. A lot of knives are either dark or are either black or silver. They contrast really well with people with very light skin. So... If somebody goes, oh, that looks hot, and people find it sexually appealing if I press that into my skin. As we say, sex sells. And edge play with the goth aesthetic just genuinely work, especially with those individuals that are into necro play. Yeah. That's an interesting thing that you just brought up, like scene play, period music the atmosphere whatever however your room is set up whatever 
accoutrement, whatever you pull in, like whatever yes. toys or like if you're going to do shibari or something like that, the, those are all the things that go into scene play. I'm like, for me, scene play needs to have, I'm I like, cause I'm an audiophile. I love music. I love sound. I have to have sound. And when you do scene play, having that tempo to keep, to do your edging play for that matter, you know, you need a little something that kind of builds up and builds up over and over again, because that's how it works the best, I think, anyway. <laughs> so that's an interesting thing that you brought up, because that does really play into how successful your evening or morning might be. Who knows? <laughs> Do you have a preference ever, Matt, with scene play, or have you uh, experienced a lot of scene play? Listen, I'll be honest, your boy's been down bad for a very Gosh. long time. So it's not like I can't properly answer that question until I get cool. a little bit more experience in that Are realm. You? That's okay, but, because it's cool but, to listen to you about exactly. it. Exactly. And I think, and I've this has been made apparent to me on more than one occasion, whether it's in podcasting or in my own personal life, but I think it's because of the confidence issues I may or may not have, which I'm working on. Uh, actually, I feel... I've been feeling pretty good about myself lately, and especially with the nature of my current job, it allows me to talk up with women a little bit. So hopefully, if I keep it up, there might be a, there might be an instance where I can come on this show and say, "Hey, this is what I did a couple nights ago." I had a friend that was going to; she was in a new relationship, and there was some new play in there they were like an alternative couple for sure and i really wanted them to come on and talk about how their relationship progressed but it progressed into nothing so that didn't ever happen that never happened so matt when that does happen i want to know all about it and you're going to be like my number one boots on the ground guy well yeah i mean and, and plus there's also this whole i guess for lack of better terms recruitment of a certain kind of dom that I don't even want to say dominatrix because that seems like too harsh for word for what I'm looking for. I guess like a mommy dom type of person. There's been a whole recruitment process that Eric and a few other people that I know are trying to get for me because there's some fantasies I'm trying to trying to work awesome. on in the hopefully awesome. near future. So, so for my listeners, can you define mommy dom? Oh Christ! Hey, Eric, I, you do that? Let me listen, go first. Uh, listen, okay, you correct. Go yeah, listen and correct me as I go. As far as I know, and I've been made aware, of, per se, it's a very nurturing aesthetic that they have, as opposed to, like, say, a hard dominatrix where it's, they're going to do a lot of degrading or something along right. those lines. For me, like yeah, that. It's shit like that. See, stuff like that doesn't really gr doesn't really put me in a type of headspace where it, it, it does gears. for some people. It does for some people. It more grinds my gears than turns them on, if anything. Yeah. So, but for, <laughs> for some people, it works. I'm not going to deny that. So, I mean, I'm not going to hate on that. That's what they like. For me, I prefer like a more of a nurturing, praising individual. Let's say. So to correct Matt's explanation here. A little bit. A mommy dom is a dom that is less commanding. So a true hardcore, from my point of view, hardcore dominatrix is somebody that will that demands, expects true submission, expects. If you get step out of line, you get whacked with something, 
so on and so forth. What Mish is looking for is somebody that can switch that on to be that get on the ground, you ingrate, use your tongue to please me kind of thing, and then please your mistress, and you're not allowed to ejaculate until I tell you. That's the kind of Dom that Mish is looking for. Is he going to, are there going to be aspects of it that are going to make him uncomfortable because that is the job of a Dom? Yes. But, Will there be compromises on the part of his dom more frequently than a master-slave relationship? Yes. Gotcha. So it should just See, tap even, you really easy on your yeah, butt. E- even if like even it. your description of it is like too hard for me, but <laughs> I mean, that's why I was going for the whole nurturing thing. Like, God, at least give me a hug or something. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> All they get, wants is a maybe hug. You just <laughs> Maybe that's you just what need aftercare a nice nurse. Yeah, I that's know, I know. You need, you that's need a nice what aftercare nurse. is for. <laughs> True, aftercare is always important. You gotta love Listen, on yourself, too. Submissive, you gotta take your beatings before you get your huggings. <laughs> just don't beat me too hard. Just don't beat him too hard. If anybody out there is interested in mommy doming for a wonderful and fantastic motor button, Matt, let me know. Just message me. My DMs are open. And then message oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, he needs it. Yeah, help a brother out here. That's uh, right. So, from my side of it, mood and setting kind of are very dependent on what I'm doing. I know when I'm doing impact play or I'm at a like dungeon setting. I prefer metal, nine inch nails, Metallica, just really hard stuff that as long as it's got like a decent like bass drum to it that I can keep my toys in pace with, that's kind of how I really get into that kind of setting. And that's the most exciting for me. I've had submissives that have actually complained about that. Me getting too into a scene and going in with the music and alternating because the change in the uh, tempo of the music just, yeah. Throws them off. So let me back up just a second. You said impact play. And for those out there that don't know impact play, will you talk a little bit about that? So impact play is when you take any sort of object or and you do you hit another person with it consensually. So you say you like the metal, you like more metal. Or were you just talking about music? Yeah, no, music. <laughs> I just... I'm looking, like, when you said that initially, I was like, oh, he likes, like, spiky things. My girl, Sunshine Ryan, who comes on the show quite frequently, she loves that little, like, spur wheel. You know, the little... Oh, yeah, the Wharton yeah. wheel's fantastic. Yeah, Wharton wheel. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate You're that. You're welcome. Those are, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that you do. You know, that's the greatest thing about finding people that are like-minded, that you can talk about things. There's a lot of terminologies that people use. There's different, everybody has their own definition for things. So I like to kind of 
add that in so that people aren't confused of what we're talking about whenever we're saying impact play. It's not just him punching somebody. <laughs> yeah. Hey, although, if you're agreeable, you could totally, that could be your thing. But I will admit I have used a machete in impact play. Yeah. I love the machete yeah. stories. Those, uh, those things, they still make me cringe just a little bit. But for those of you that don't know, the machete joke is an ongoing joke on the on our podcast, going way back to all the way to the first episode, believe it or not. So still don't know where time. the fuck it is. We still have no fucking clue where it is. Somewhere in the state of New Jersey, there is a machete running loop. No, somewhere between the state of Washington and the state of New Jersey, there is a machete somewhere. We should have just, at this point, we should just put it on a milk carton. (laughs) (laughs) Missing. Machete. Last scene. May may have a little bit of blood on it. Oh my gosh. Hey, Eric, question for you, because you've been into your BDSM and Dom play for a while. Have Uh you had an instance where it's been like, like the worst thing that you could have ever tried with a certain person? Like you, they thought that they could be down, but it just turned out to be nightmarish. Have you had that experience? Let's talk about that. And it was less. So this scenario was less about the person not enjoying the scene and more about miscommunicating and mismanaging pre-negotiations and communications at the beginning. And it's things that I actively think about now when I'm doing my negotiating for a scene. I had a impact scene that I had negotiated at a BDSM dungeon between myself, a submissive, and another, and basically another individual to just make sure that the negotiation was consensual on both sides and that nobody led anybody to do anything that they were uncomfortable with. I go over all of my normal questions. Do you have any sort of pre-existing medical conditions? Is there anything that I should avoid? What toys are you looking for me to use on you? Uh, what ramping, how would you like me to do ramping? How would you like me to do this kind of stuff? And we went over all of that. Just bang. Like I've done it a million fucking times. And I get the submissive up on the cross and I start beating, I start beating them and they collapse. In the middle of the scene, they start to fall, literally fall over. I throw the toy that I'm using on the ground and I literally catch this person as they're falling off of this cross. And I'm freaking out because this is the first time that this has ever happened. And it's the first time that I'm playing with this new person. And this is what happens. And so I'm flustered, but I make sure that this person is okay. I make sure that everything's safe, that everything is secure, that they're good. Start basically going over all of like the procedures of making sure that she's conscious and aware and what's going on around her. And... 
were going through like literally everything that it could have been. And they turn to me and they go, oh, fuck, I forgot to eat today. (laughs) And I'm like, why didn't you fucking lead with that? (laughs) So when you're saying you're beating this person, right, let's just back it up just a little bit for that. You're hitting them at the velocity that they have chosen to be okay for them. It's not like you're physically lighter in factor in fact being very light i'm to be completely honest i had just started doing heavier impact it was light and i was going is that good is that good every single hit i think people don't realize the visceral um things that can happen like how your nervous system can react to these stimulations. I think that a lot of people discount that and that can get you into trouble. So if you're new to playing with BDSM and you're interested in scene play and that sort of thing, make sure that you, like Eric was just saying, you have to have those clear and concise instructions and boundaries set up so that you can be successful so that you don't have somebody pass out and scare you and to the point where this is not exactly what you were bargaining for in the beginning. Definitely. It's definitely Communication there. and consent are key and also mm-hmm. sexy. And, yeah. and take oh, so great. fucking care of yourself. Absolutely. Listen, I get it. Everybody wants to be skinny. Everybody wants to have the fucking perfect body. But Here is what I am going to say. If you ever go into a scene not feeling 100%, not having eaten, not having stuff to repair your body, a lot of things can go wrong. Even when, even in the perfect circumstances, when you have done all of these things, your body can still go into shock from the amount of stimulation. Mm-hmm. That People is, just don't realize it. And just because the scene is over does not mean that you are out of the woods. Subdrop is a very real fucking thing, and people do die because of it. Make sure that you are communicating with your significant other, with your dominant with the person that you did the scene with because overstimulation does lead to negative things that can happen inside of your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much evidence out there and that's another one of those things that I wanted to bring up when I was talking to you guys. I was looking up some articles today and they were talking about the science behind aphrodisiac scents for men, which I thought was pretty interesting for like when I set up, usually when I'm teaching Tantra, let's just say specifically, I set up sacred space and sacred space has to do with all five elements, right? So you do stuff that stimulates your vision. So you're doing lighting, stage lighting, whatever, however it is, your sexy romance lighting that you like. Matt, I'm sure you have some like up lighting or something that you choose to use, whatever. But you have that. You have the soft blankets or whatever it is that, you know, the pillows, everything to make you feel like you're nested and comfy and safe. 
And a clean space is always best, guys. If you're out there and you have a dirty bedroom and you bring a chick home, don't be gross, dude. Just clean your room. And for women, scent is a big thing, right? So having a nice candle lit or something that doesn't smell like dirty shoes or gym clothes is always... And I'm not saying that it's just dudes. Girls are dirty, too. Girls do the same. Exactly. Hey. So, so as the guy that has spent most of his life running from girls' parents' house, <laughs> houses, girls, clean your fucking rooms, oh, make sure. them smell better, mm-hmm. because when guys come over and it's a fucking train wreck, he don't, he ain't gonna get hard. <laughs> but if you want him to, here's some sense <laughs> that will get him hard. Scientifically proven. I don't know what how they did this exactly, but basically the scent of pumpkin pie can increase the blood flow to the nether regions, to the penis and genitals. 40%. That one works very well on 40%. me. I was going to say, I, I didn't think about that. That, that Dude, one, I love that, pumpkin pie. <laughs> that one works fantastically on me. I am what they call a basic white bitch when it comes to coffee. <laughs> Listen, it, it is fall after pie. all. Right? It's fall in New Jersey. It's pumpkin right. pie season. It looks like I'm going to be getting hard a lot quicker, it seems. Pumpkin pie and donuts together, the combination of the two, will increase the blood flow by 31.5%. They speculate. Okay, so donuts. <laughs> so have your room smell like donuts and pumpkin pie. <laughs> and you're in there for sure. You're getting it. You're going to get it. And cinnamon rolls, obviously, I think it has been cinnamon itself. I think it's the cinnamon in the pumpkin pie, too. That kind of turned on by cinnamon. I love cinnamon and donuts. Well, I mean, this is making me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is if this is supposed to turn me on and like get me aroused, like if anything, it's going to, it's going to do, it's make me hungry. Or when I come into a girl's room and these are the scents I'm sniffing, I'm like, did you fucking make something in here? Like, what is the oven on? I'd be excited for that. Things like vanilla and strawberry are always on that list too. And think about how many edible lubes have you seen that are strawberry? Like they're always, they're strawberry cherry, right? Cherry isn't on this list, but there's nothing like the taste of strawberry lube. Just throw that out there to y'all. <laughs> I'm so, so here's what I will say to the effect of strawberry and at least apple, which is one that, that I have. The scent of like, the scent of cherries makes me nauseous, actually. Oh, really? Because the majority of cough syrups when I was a kid were that nasty cherry, like very artificial cherry flavor. And it uh-huh. smells like every goddamn cherry candy out there. And so when I get that smell in my nose, I'm just like, nope, nope. So, Cherry, I got to disagree with on that one. Is is Lemon on there at all? Because I have lemon a similar, okay. I have a similar thing with Eric, what Cherry has with Lemon every once in a while. Okay, let me just tell you what's on this list. There's just 10 on this list. And so, they started with the pumpkin pie. Then lavender, which I always love lavender. It's a beautiful smell. Vanilla. Yep. Strawberry. Jasmine. Ginger. Black licorice. Interesting. Who knew? Cinnamon, donuts, pink grapefruit. Do you ever have a girl that wore pink grapefruit lotion? Ew. (laughs) Or oranges? Sandalwood. That's a good smell. I love a clean sandalwood. Lily of the Valley and rose. 
and peppermint. I feel like this sure. is like a Dr. Yeah. Squatch listing. Right? Like, these are all the flavors of, not the flavors, <laughs> these are all the scents of Dr. Squatch soap or something or some shit like that, I swear. Totally, totally. But that's, I mean, so if you think citrusy smells and spicy, you know, like cinnamony, sandalwood, <sighs> those are the ones that are supposedly, they're increasing the blood flow to your penis, y'all. Sandalwood, I will agree with. I like a sandalwood. Cinnamon, I will agree with. Uh-huh. All the rest of those on that list, I highly disagree with. <laughs> I believe it because a, a cucumber, a cucumber lotion does better uh-huh. than any of those. Yeah. You like a cucumber girl? <laughs> I mean, yes. But yeah, do you also, like a goth girl that smells like cucumbers? Where are you going to find that? <laughs> I mean, they're not that rare. I'm also used to aesthetic scents. Sure. Sure. Because strippers. <laughs> Bath and Body Works, man, they get all the money. <laughs> yeah, man. And all of those companies that actually sell like the legit pheromones in their scents and stuff, because mm-hmm. those are dangerous. Sure, we don't realize you don't think about it as you're going along through your day that certain scents are what really get you. Like some things, like again, it makes you hungry, or it reminds you of something. It reminds you of a moment that you had hit and it was a great moment or something like that. It's kind of nice. And girls have more olfactory sense than boys, by the way, just or men and women in general. That's just a fact of nature. We can smell you before you know that we can smell you, right? That's how girls know. Oh, you, I thought you quit smoking. You smell like cigarette smoke. Oh, I thought that you weren't going to be around your buddy because now you smell like his cologne. Or is that a girl's perfume? Have you been in a strip club? I smell cucumber melon from Bath and Body Works. I don't wear that. Should that makes that so. I thought when I would see that on TV or like something, I thought that was bullshit. And now it makes a lot more sense. It totally does. So when you're setting up your scene, you make sure that you have that clean, wonderful, beautiful room that you're going to bring this person back to, and it's going to smell good and look good, and everything is going to be fantastic. And you're going to have your set and scene and you're going to have all of your toys appropriately labeled and ready to go. Batteries included or rechargeables, which are now happening so much more. That's a cool thing. Freaking little plug in rechargers. Great. Except unless you like lose one and it's like the only kind that fits that particular appliance. It's garbage. (laughs) I'm going to like one day, I think I'll, I'll lobby for synonymous chargers for all sex toys because god you lose one you're done for especially when you move constantly it's it's astounding how that hasn't happened already matt you need more toys or more things to do with toys (laughs) to get that to happen no they're not it's going to be like apple chargers like they change the apple charger and you're fucked if you don't have it you're done it's all good though but yeah that's i really i think that to be successful there's a lot of work that goes into these things. It's not like you could just walk up into a scene and just be hot and ready immediately because there's a lot of work that goes into it. I mean, I don't think people realize the communication that you have to have these successful playtimes. Playtimes are fun. Yeah, I never realized just how much work this whole, like all this goes into until like, Hey, until today we had this discussion in previous times where Eric has told some stories on his end where he's done some of these things. And I'm like, holy shit. And I guess that makes sense as to why. And I joke about this again, why you're such a quote unquote shitty rope top 
because it just takes <laughs> so much time. And like and setting up a good scene takes time. Setting up a good scene with rope must take it a fucking eternity. But you yes. know what? You enjoy that every moment because that puts you in the moment. You're not worrying about, oh, what am I going to cook for dinner tomorrow? You're thinking about, hey, this is awesome. I've never had this before. This is feeling really good. This is feeling, wow, like I didn't know I could feel like this. You can get that. And it can be so satisfying on both parts because being the giver or the receiver, you know, depending on where you're at, either either spots can be pretty phenomenal, I think. What do you think, Eric? I think that the best way that I have to describe this is with a quote from one of my favorite vampires. If you want to, as you call me, be a sex symbol, you must first put in the effort, time, and have incredibly high standards. <laughs> I love it. I that, was love a pretty it. Good, that was a pretty good impression, I'm not going to lie. That's not good. That's terrible because he's supposed to be a Frenchman. <laughs> I thought you were going straight Dracula. <laughs> hey, for a Dracula impression, it was yeah, pretty I solid. Yeah, I thought that's where we were going with that. I don't know he, he was French. He, yeah, yeah. Good old Jean-Claude. <laughs> Van Damme? <I> love it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Let's talk about Van Damme splits. Jesus. Anyway, let's move on. So on your episode that I did with you guys, we talked about the Baldo. I want to get back to that because I absolutely am enthralled with the fact that I truly tried to get my husband to come on and talk to you guys about the Baldo. But Plus, he's always, so many questions. He's so resistant. He doesn't want people to like listen, listen to him we, talk about it. We, <laughs> that's the thing. Like our show is a safe space. To talk about things like that. That's the point of whiskey. We're gonna, is... we're gonna keep we're gonna keep working on it. But for those out there that haven't heard the Baldo show, please listen to that. The one that we did on sixty nine whiskey it was great. It was episode seventy nine. Is that correct? Yes, it was seventy nine. Shazam! And I don't remember what number mine is. Just look it up. It's it says Baldo on it. But check it out because. There is this awesome toy out there that, and now apparently you can watch the first recorded video of a ballgasm, which is when you wear this particular appliance, the male does, you can have your testicles are just as sensitive as your penis, and you can have a different type of orgasm, a more, I guess, it's just a different type. I won't say more better or more, more better, more worse. Does that make sense? No, not at all, but whatever. You get it. It's a pretty phenomenal thing. And I really wish now that I had set up a video of him putting this thing on because, honest to God, I'm not going to lie to you. It's like the funniest thing to watch a guy lube up his balls to the point where they're like dripping with lube and try to slide a silicone ring across them and poke out both sides. <laughs> it's the See, I feel like I'd be the ever. asshole that would forget to put the lube on. And then oh, you won't forget. You yeah, can't I won't forget it at that point. <laughs> and then I, I definitely won't forget the feeling it'll give me when I do that. <laughs> See, I listened. I, I After we talked, I uh -huh. went back and I listened to your episode. Uh-huh. And the things that I learned in that one episode and the respect that I have for the man who made this product 
Mm-hmm. Words cannot describe. <laughs> Jerry knows I love him. He's a great guy. And honestly, you know, like to have the wherewithal to think about all of the, like think of all the cool toys you've ever played with, Eric, and think about the, the 69 whiskey line of toys you could put out. With the knowledge that you have, you have these little nuances that you like. When you get a new toy, there's really cool things with some toys and you're just like, God, this is great. And there's some like settings or what have you that you're just like garbage. I don't need that. I'll never go up to level six on this bad boy because I'll die. You know, that kind of thing. So those are kind of really invaluable pieces of information that people need to know. And I think that just for the fact that Baldo night that I call it the Baldo night, by the way, now just our baldo night it was not just fun because of the sex part right like the intercourse part or the play part it was funny and cool because when you're in a relationship for a long time like i've been married for 15 years 14 years and i've been married three times guys so like i've been married most of my life that you really start to relish the days that are really good that you can look back on and be like oh my god that was some of the most fun because watching again watching my husband shave his balls first off was hilarious because that's not something necessarily always does right in front of me but we set our scene for the night right we were just gonna have this great encounter and it ended up being one of the funniest most enjoyable times ever because Like, think about it. You're trying, again, you have something like the diameter of maybe the opening of a water bottle. Okay. (laughs) Let's just say that. A smaller water bottle, not a bigger water bottle. Not a buy water bottle, the kind that you like take to the gym. Regular mouth size. And you're trying to fit two testicles in it. So, the Baldo, great night. Great things to do with your partner or even if you have a new partner, if you want to explore some fun times, it's really cool. Just, you know, laughter in the bedroom is sometimes not necessarily the greatest thing. But there are times when if you find somebody that you can play with and have a good time when you're not in that hardcore dom scene that that Eric likes to live in with his cucumber melon emo girls. Oh, sorry, not emo girls. (laughs) God damn. Because, listen. It's not, I'm all. just, I'm not just into submissives. I know. Just because I lean more towards the dominant side does not mean that I don't have like the submissive natures in my body. Uh, the person that I'm with just ha- doesn't have a dominant bone in hers. <laughs> Respectfully, I know who this person is and he's right. And let's also be honest with this. I wouldn't trust her topping me. <laughs> her in sharp object, her in walking down the street is a danger to her. What <laughs> makes you think I want to f- let her hold a knife to my skin? <laughs> nope. Nope. Or hit me with a paddle. Nope. You know, but speaking of paddles, that the paddle that you had that we talked about on your show, the paddle with the electrodes and that kind of thing, might be scary to some folks but i'm like right now i keep thinking about it over and over again and i'm gonna have to get some kind of i want to get a a reincarnation of what you have i i need to check this out firsthand i think (laughs) honestly let me say this much because people like people might be scared of like the electrodes stuff like that listen when we went to exotica last year and we'll go again this year for the first time in my life tried something different when it came to like sexual activity and that was the sensation play with the electricity and all that stuff I got to say, like, it 
It's a little intimidating at first because the feeling feels very, it feels like your skin is crawling. That's like the best way I could describe it. It feels like your skin's crawling, but it wasn't like, like it wasn't hurting me. It just was like a really weird feeling. I can't describe it any more than that. And like skin, a a skin crawling feeling. Right. Like imagine like that on like sensitive areas of you and it could right. be good it could be bad it's subjective but so now think- you know why this girl passed out when eric's just tapping her a little because for people that sensation they it can be overwhelming they just that don't know true. i mean granted they weren't clear on certain things that they did or did not do before <laughs> the scene but i feel like if you were a hundred percent healthy like eric was saying Mm-hmm. I feel like you could enjoy it or at least give right. it a chance to enjoy it. Like for right. me, it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Like I got myself in the line. If you remember, Eric, I got myself all worked up and how nervous I fucking was. Cause I, we had just <laughs> gotten there too. We had just gotten right. there and I'm still like, I'm still like fucking nervous. Cause I'm like, Oh God, there's all these people, all these fucking porn stars. What the fuck am I going to do? We went to the BDSM <laughs> section of the fucking exotica expo. And all of a sudden I'm in this line freaking the fuck out. And I did the whole thing. He went through the whole spiel of like different little tools that he was using. And after I came out, I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. That wasn't so bad. And I felt better after that. And I was like, all right, now I'm going to let my nuts hang. Now I'm going to be all confident. And shit. So. <laughs> so, so, Pollyann, I need your help making a decision right quick okay. because right. Mish just reminded me of something. And that's <laughs> that whenever we go to Exotica, Or like one of these places. I try to make Mish experience something new every time. I think that's awesome. So, so with that being said, what are we going to make Mish experience this time? Our choices are, because if I remember the the exhibits last time, either fire play or suspension play. Suspension. Fuck you. No, listen. I would rather do the fire cupping if that's an option because my back can actually fucking use it. That's a good one, Cubby. So there's a thing here in Columbus, Ohio that they do. It's called trauma. And it's a three-day fetish party, okay? And I think like a couple years ago before COVID, I don't know if they still are having it. I know, I think they had it last year or this year. They're having it this year. But basically, it's three days of just raucous partying you're dressed up like you come in costume they have theme nights i know one year like bonnie rotten and a bunch of other porn stars were there like they have there's some really cool things and like in the center of the room and the big they have it at a place called the bluestone which is a big church that's now like a a venue so you have different floors and different levels and there's places for vips there's places for private play there's a big box in the center where the big stage is where you can put your hands in and there are people in the box so you can touch people, that kind of thing. And it's just a really good, I think it's a good introduction for people who have never done any kind of BDSM play or they're interested or excited about learning like Exotica. That's the kind of exposure that people can have. You can just go in and you can be a somebody who just watches. You can participate. There's no pressure to do anything. They have the suspension. Like there's a group that comes every year that does suspension. That stuff scares the crap out of me. I'm not going to lie. That's something that I'm just like, you know, I'm good. I don't think that's something that I want, but I know that there are people who get tore up about it physically. And no, I'm just kidding. They do, but they get tore up because it's so like, it's just one of those visceral things. They just want to 
feel, the hooks. They love feeling like they're flying, the weightlessness, what have you. So I think that's awesome. That Whatever it is that you can find that's safe in your own, stay in your lane, be your true you, but be happy. Do something. Don't just sit around and wait for something to happen to you. Do something for yourself. Jeez, come on. Every rope bottom that I've ever met has been into suspension play, and it's uh-huh. insane. It's like it's not something in my I keep in my wheelhouse of my repertoire. I just don't do it. But I know people who do, and they love it. And it just for me because I'm a healthcare provider, all I can think of is on oh, my Jesus, you're going to get an infection. That's it. <laughs> that's so, Nash, you're getting suspended at Exotica. Sounds good. Like what else is my, what's the option that he's doing if he doesn't do suspension? My whole thing is we've talked a lot about fire play. Oh, fire and play, And yeah. I know I watched the dude last year who did the fire play, and he was fantastic. In fact, he's the only other person that I've ever seen who also has a pair of Kevlar wands. So I was very excited about that. Yes, Pollyann. I'm just looking at Matt thinking, Kevlar wands and Matt. Hello, <laughs> darkness, my old friend. I've oh, come wow. to talk with you again. Oh my I've God. been doing fire cupping for so long, and I've really only had two accidents. Come on. <laughs> you know what? It happened to yourself, that's why. No. The first one did. One of them did. The first time I accidentally burned somebody because I tried something stupid. And the second time I was using my usual cups, which Cheap were bastard. dollar stored brand and the suction wasn't all there a cup came off of the subject smashed against another cup exploded in my hand and cut my finger in half and that proceeded to be the running joke for about nine months yep (laughs) that's the reason i'm called the dollar store dumb yes that is literally where the nickname came from because i will never let him live it down (laughs) you got your cups from the dollar store Yes, my original okay. cups were from the dollar store. I'm not mad at uh, you. My new cups are a little bit more pricey and are actually designed to do what I use them for. <laughs> you get what uh, you pay for. Be careful. That's why I tell people no cheap toys. Don't buy cheap toys. They're garbage. Uh, pay the money and don't buy cheap toys. Or make them your damn self. But if you're going to make them, be do it in a safe manner and yeah. make sure that you test them before you use them on somebody. <laughs> Please don't cut yourself. Unless you're into blood play. There's a lot of people that are into that. So nope. Oh, nope. fantasy play. That's what we'll talk about that the next time that I have you guys on. And it, I just to wrap up tonight, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Cause I love you. You're awesome. And I love it that we can talk freely about things. And Matt, I really appreciate the fact that you have strong shoulders and that you take everybody's shit like you do. Cause you're adorable. Listen, well, <laughs> listen, what else am I going to do at this point? I mean, all like I said, just to let the nuts hang and don't let anything bother you. That's right. And you know what? Think about it. Like, there are millions of men out there that can't say the things that you say in public, you know, uh, on a syndicated show, right? Like, you guys are doing really well. Your show's doing well. You're both careers fantastic. Like, it's not like you guys are waking up and not talking about sex every day. Think about that. You're welcome. 
This is your life. We have it. We have it good. And I will continue to invite you on as much as I can, especially if Matt does something really crazy at the show. We'll have you back on. We'll talk about it at Exotica. We'll see. I mean, honestly, <laughs> my mindset going into Exotica is very... Last year was about mostly pleasure. This year, I feel more in a businessy kind of mood. So we'll see if I even have time and energy to feel like playing around with stuff like I did last year. Because last year, um, I, I had the opportunity to do a lot of fun things. I had a lot. I had the shut up. You're going to do more fun things this year. Also, real quick, before we cut out for the yeah. evening, I know we put out a advertisement for Mish's Mommy Dom earlier. I would also like to put out a secondary advertisement that Mish has been looking for and doesn't know that he's been looking for. If you, if you are a large black man with orange hey, dress oh. who can sing Cult of Personality, Mish is looking to bottom to you right away. No, no, no. <laughs> Stop it. Large Stop black it. Man Cut that orange out. <laughs> Needs to be able to just shout at the top of his lungs, Look in my eyes! What do you <laughs> see? <laughs> That's all you need you. to do, and Mish will be putty in your hands. I hate you. Oh, Matt. You just, like, you just You're letting that joke on, will go man. way farther than it needs to be, by the way. <laughs> legs, and I'm going to let it fucking run itself into the ground. It already I... is in the ground. Now let it be six feet under. All right, guys. So who does your wrap up on your show to say where you go and what to do to find you? That'd be Mish. All right. Does he have some kind of music that you need to play for? I usually fuck with him. (laughs) So instead. Go ahead. Do your soundboard with the doing. Why are you encouraging (laughs) him? Thank you. Thank you for the You have the whole thing to go. And I have a whole soundboard to fuck with you. (laughs) Woosah. Okay. All right. Then yell at me and let's get this shit over with. (laughs) Mitch, do the damn housekeeping. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out Buried Pleasures with your host, Pollyanna, featuring the boys from 69 Whiskey Podcast. If you want to check out our show, you can find us on the following podcast platforms, including, but not limited to, Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, Good Pods, Audia, and so many more. We also highly encourage podcast feedback. I do read feedback at the end of the show, whether it's positive or negative. I will read it because I think feedback for anything is important. So please leave us a five-star review, even if even a criticism of sorts. I will definitely read it and take it under advisement. <laughs> hey, don't boo these people. Don't boo these people. They didn't do anything wrong. That's right, and you can always find the people. Exactly, your people are good people. Listen to (laughs) y'all. But as for social media, as for social media, find us on Twitter at sixty nine Whiskey Pod, Instagram sixty nine Whiskey Podcast, TikTok sixty nine Whiskey Podcast, and YouTube, which is incredibly horribly behind. You can find us there on sixty nine Whiskey, Twitch sixty nine Whiskey. Facebook, just search up the letters R U 69 Whiskey. And 
You can also find us on a specific syndicate syndication internet radio site called Full Swap Radio. We are on, these are all Central Standard Times, by the way. So you can find us Thursdays at 6.30 a.m. and Saturdays at 10 o'clock p.m. And if I may do a shameless plug really quick, I am also featured on another podcast. So if you want to hear more of this beautiful voice, please check out the Bromigos podcast. How did you get into the Bromigos, by the way? I didn't ask you that. How did you get into so, the Bromigos? For, to make a very long story short, I was in broadcasting school to try and find a way to get back into the broadcasting industry after being out of it due to COVID for so long. And I decided to go to that school, met a couple of good guys. Now we run a show together. They've also been featured. They've also yeah. been featured on the on our episodes as well. So that's a you're, it's a pretty good show. I will say I had a problem with them calling you Sam Eagle. From the <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dante's just fucking around. I didn't take that personally, but I think that also inspired to grow out the beard a little bit because I ain't gonna lie, I saw some resemblances I wasn't too happy about. Oh. But I would like to. Ha- I would like to if, if there's ever an opportunity. I would like to have them on this show too if the schedule oh, yeah, ever works absolutely. out. So oh. I'll definitely mention you. And see if You're the only one down. with the scheduling issue, Matt. Gosh, you work too much. Yeah. You're gonna work your little life away. That's funny as shit. <laughs> That's hysterical. What do you mean? Why is that hysterical? So usually I'm the one with all of the scheduling issues because I work ninety hours a week minimum. <laughs> and he was here at nine o'clock, Matt. You were not. It's tough. <laughs> you, you you didn't the the link wasn't in my email. <laughs> what do you want me to do? That's because you have the most hideous email of anybody I've yes, ever had. It's bad. Yes. Anyway, so just to wrap up, I am Polly and Amazing. This is Buried Pleasures. I appreciate you all listening. You can find me at buriedpleasures.com, Buried Pleasures on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Buried Pleasures One on TikTok. It's this terrible TikTok. And very pleasures at YouTube because I'm tired and I don't like to do all this social media. It's a necessary thing that you have to do, right? And it's lovely to see you guys. I love your faces. It's great to have you on here. I appreciate you greatly. Yeah. And look for me on every podcasting platform that you could possibly think of. And I really like good pods, by the way. Good pods. Way to go. That's a great platform. And it's cool that they have the interaction that they do on there. It's dope. Anyway, sexy so- sexuality. Oh yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> we did actually get number. Uh, we got we ranked sixty nine in the indie. Was it the indie overall chart or something along those lines? We're yeah, actually awesome. we've been consistently on top on the sexuality charts for a while. I think since I don't like even I've never looked at a year. chart. I don't know where I'm at on anything. I just know people yeah. listen, so I'm happy. Thank you all for listening. Oh, and if you want to give me feedback. Positive feedback is always warranted and wanted. I don't like negativity, so keep it. I'm good. If you don't like what I do, don't listen. That's why I say it. It's terrible, but... See, you're the opposite of me in that case. Like, I welcome any criticism because it helps me get better. Right, and that's really cute, but I don't need negativity, and I just like to do what I like. That's what you'll get when you get older, Matt. You won't get (laughs) To wrap up this love fest that we've got going on with the 69 Whiskey guys... Thank you all for listening, and I appreciate you, and have a good night. Bye. When it rains, it pours. Water's up to my chin.